Hi everyone, I'm Darren Nair, the creator and host of Pod Hostage Diplomacy. We're currently taking an extended break right now because I'm dealing with health issues. We will be back once I have fully recovered. Thank you so much for listening to Pod Hostage Diplomacy and take care. Welcome to Pod Hostage Diplomacy. We work to free hostages and the unjustly detained around the world. Together with their families, we share their stories and let you know how you can help bring them home. Now, when it comes to using the family to get for Russia to get what they want, if that's the case, they've picked the wrong family because I'm not going to carry water for the Russian authorities. These are some of the most courageous and resilient people among us. I never thought that my mother, Nahi Tagavi, will ever have a link to negotiations in Vienna about the JCPOA. That's so crazy. People who have never given up hope. Trevor told his girlfriend to tell me to, to be strong. So I'm trying to be strong for Trevor. You know, if, if Trevor can cope with what he's dealing with, exactly. we, we can sure cope with the stress. People who will never stop working to reunite their families. We'd like to meet with the president. Uh, we believe that, you know, he has, uh, he's surrounded by lots of uh, experienced and educated advisors, but I don't believe that any of them have ever had a, a child taken hostage by a foreign country, especially not a superpower like Russia. And we'll be right there by their side until their loved one comes back home. Because um, if enough people care, then the right people will care enough. I'm Darren Nair, and I've been campaigning with many of these families for years. When I first started campaigning with these families, I noticed they struggled to get the media attention they needed. So I decided to create this podcast, which is a safe space for the families to speak as long as they need to about their loved ones and what needs to be done to bring them home. Nobody can prepare you for what our family is going through. Even if someone had told me one year before, in one year this is going to happen, prepare yourself. It's impossible. Thank you for listening and welcome to Port Hostage Diplomacy. Welcome to Port Hostage Diplomacy. American citizen Avin Hernandez has worked for the Los Angeles County Public Defender's Office since 2006. He has always been a passionate advocate for the most vulnerable people in the Los Angeles community, including people experiencing homelessness, mental illness, and substance abuse. Avin served as a mentor and trainer for dozens of newly hired deputy public defenders. He also volunteered his time to advocate for children in the juvenile justice system. In March this year, Avin was detained by Venezuelan military agents near the Colombia-Venezuela border and has been held in a maximum security military prison in Caracas, Venezuela, to date. The United States government has classified Avin as being wrongfully detained. Today, we have the honor of speaking to Avin's brother, Henry Martinez. Henry, we're so sorry for what Avin, you and your family are going through. We'll do everything we can to help. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Can you please walk us through what happened to Avin? Yes. Um, so um, as you know and um, can imagine, he's been working for the Los Angeles County uh, Public Defender's Office for the past uh, 15 plus years. And, um, you know, with this pandemic, uh, that, that, that we've been going through, you know, his caseload has been, you know, doubled per se. And, uh, he decided to take a vacation to Colombia, um, 
and which he's been to Colombia, you know, a couple of times. Um, from there, uh, uh, he accompanied a friend as he makes friends all over the world as he travels, um, and, uh, decided to, uh, be a companion and, and get, uh, the friend a passport, uh, stamp so they can travel, um, you know, along the border. He was uh, uh, basically kidnapped by uh, paramilitary groups. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I can't. I don't have that, that identity. Uh, uh, who 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 were the captors? But um, you know, basically, uh, it was near the border. They they recognized that he was an American. Um, they asked for a uh, hundred dollars to to cross over to Venezuela and, and he immediately replied with, you know, I'm not trying to cross over to Venezuela. I understand the, the relationships between the two nations and, and nor do I have a hundred dollars. Um, so, you know, please, I just want to stay in Colombia. And, uh, you know, that's where, where he and, and his friend were, um, taken abruptly in a very traumatic manner. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, how did you know Avin was missing? So um, me and my family, we had just came back from Florida um, from our, our little vacation on the 25th of, uh, of March. Um, I came back. I'd seen my mom. I'd seen my dad. and uh, We talked. I think it was uh, March 29th when um, my dad said, hey, you know, I, I called Avin and he hasn't picked up. I sent him a couple messages. Have you talked to him? I said, no, actually, I haven't talked to him. I sent him a few messages that day, too, and didn't get a reply. And he's every time he's traveled, he at least talks to one of my parents, my mom or my dad, you know, say goodnight or how his day was, a little recap of, of his day, um, constantly in communication. Um, March 30th came around. We still haven't heard anything from him. Then uh, the 31st came, still nothing. You know, then, then we're, me and my, my parents were, you know, starting to get a little bit more worried some on what's going on. This is not, this is not like his behavior. And, um, that's when I started reaching out to calling the, uh, uh, police stations in, in Medellin, Colombia, uh, seeking for help. You know, I have a brother who's out there. He's not answering our phone calls. Can you help us find him? I called hospitals seeing if maybe something had happened to him and we can find him in the hospitals. Um, I reached to the U.S. Embassy in Bogota explaining the situation. And, um, you know, April 1st came, you know, I, I, I declared him a, a missing person in Colombia. Um, uh, we were able to, to locate his Airbnb where he was staying at, uh, you know, um, those nights were very, very hard for us, uh, not knowing what state and condition he, he was. And, um, uh, you know, we, we heard about, uh, a current trend in, in Colombia that, that, you know, people were sedated and, and kidnapped and, and, you know, start taking their money from, from the ATMs and then later reappeared elsewhere. And, um, so, I would have nightmares of having to go to fly to Colombia and identifying my, my brother's body and, um, 
it, it was it was very very difficult for us um he was due to come back to los angeles april 3rd um and obviously he didn't he didn't get off that plane at the lax and um you know april 4th came uh, uh it was about six in the morning and my dad receives a, a message and, and says hey i have a message regarding avon we immediately uh, were overwhelmed by this news. Uh, you know, we were thinking, you know, he's been hostage. He's, he's a hostage or they're going to start asking for some money. You know what's going on. Uh, we were able to communicate with the uh, public. Well, the public defender, that person messaging was his public defender. He said, you know, I'm his public defender in Venezuela. He's been detained for conspiracy and association to commit crimes against the state. And um, we were just like, whoa, like he wasn't planning on going to Venezuela. He would have told us had if that was part of his plan. But he he knew that 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 was never his intention. We knew that that was never his intention as well. And so I, I received a, a voice clip through WhatsApp and and um, basically he said, you know, uh, I'm being held. Um they're going to do a 45 day investigation period. Um, there's nothing against me. They don't have any type of evidence. Uh, I, I should be free in the next 45 days. Okay. You know, that's, that's, that's where that was the last communication I had from him. It was about 57 days later when, uh, I, I received a phone call, um, saying that he was in, in Caracas, DGCIM, maximum security prison. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I've interviewed members of the Sitgo 6 that were released um, last month and they were held in the DRC, in the DGCIM as well. So uh, they spoke about the, I mean, their family spoke about the conditions, the appalling conditions. Is your brother being held in solitary confinement at the moment or was he being held in soli solitary confinement at any time? Yeah, so uh, the, the information that I've been able to gather um, through our conversations is... Uh, he was he was in solitary confinement for I would say about the first five four and a half months. Um, you know he he it's a small small space small cell. Um, the lights are are on twenty four seven. Uh, he's not allowed to take uh, adequate adequate sleep. Um, you know because of because of that. Uh, so. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a very, uh, it's not a safe place to, to be in. It's very hard on, on, on the body and on the mind. Again, I'm sorry for what Avin's going through. Um, does he have any medical conditions? And if so, is he being given appropriate medical care? Um, no, he, he doesn't have any, uh, pre-existing conditions or, or anything like that. He's, he's very, uh, health conscious. My brother, you know, he's, a a vegetarian, uh, he, he likes to maintain his, his body fit. And, um, you know, he was always active, uh, exercising. So, um, he's very health conscious. Um, also, uh, he, he was into like salsa and, and dancing. And, and so, uh, he was a competitive dancer. Um, so no, he, he doesn't have any uh, pre-existing conditions, but, um, as far as, 
medical attention. Um, he, he, he said he was sick most rec- most recently. Um, you know, he thinks that he had the, the Omicron virus or something because uh, it really took a toll on him. And, um, he was able to get a couple of vitamin shots um, from what he was, he's been able to tell me. Well, it's good that he doesn't have any medical conditions. And um, I'm not surprised that he got COVID-19 because the Sigo 6 members, and most of them were in their fifth, late 50s and 60s, they got COVID-19 twice um, in, in prison. Or I don't think it was the DGCIM, but... Um, the state of Venezuelan prisons is simply terrible. Is even being given food and water? Um, the reason I ask is I know for other Americans held in Venezuelan prisons, their families had to get someone based locally to deliver food to them. Is that what's happening for even? Um, fortunately, uh, I'm uh, able to provide a few uh, nutritional foods. Um, uh, however, you know, I don't know the exact situation. You know, um, I think, I think he, he wants to make sure that we're not overstressed. And so, uh, he, he says he's fine. You know, I think I, I would, I would say the same thing to my family if I were in the same similar situation. Um, you, you know, you don't want to put, uh, your family through, through this, this hardship, um, I think I think he he does that with us. Um so I, I can't I can't tell you exactly the truth, you know, because I don't know. But um but I, I have been able to uh provide uh some some food to him, some like uh you know, like protein shake or something. Well that's good to know. Um does so you mentioned at the beginning um uh, you received the message from Avin's public defender in Venezuela. So obviously he has a lawyer. Has he been taken to court and has there been a trial? Um, I don't think there's been a trial yet. Um, I think it's, uh, this process is uh, stretched to, to as, as much as it can. Uh, the first, uh, I think, um, preliminary hearing was deferred at least 10 times, um, you know, the communication was, you know, I should have a, a court hearing next week and then something would happen that would get deferred, uh, the following week or two weeks down the line, um, the same, same situation for whatever reason. Uh, there's always a reason, uh, but the case, the, 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 the court hearings were always, uh, pushed back. Um, so, so the latest right now is, is, uh, his preliminary hearing. Uh, had took place, I think, in uh, uh, late August, and um, uh, I don't think he's had anything since since then. Um, and and the the case has been gone has gone through uh, uh, several public defenders. So um, uh, the original public defender is not not holding that case now, and so I don't really have communication with the the, the appointed public defender. So, Henry, just taking a step back here for the benefit of our listeners. We know Avin has been working for the LA County Public Defender's Office and he's been doing amazing work. But can you tell us more about his background, specifically the earlier years of his life and what else he has been up to? Yeah, I mean, uh, so so my brother is seven years older than me. Um, 
and uh, you know, he went off to to college, um, and and you know, he did his own thing. I did my own thing, um, but but throughout his you know high school years, I recall him you know trying out for the baseball team, the football team, and, and he he really uh, uh, obtained like this disciplined mindset from from I would say from high school. And, um, you know, he, he pursued, uh, uh, pure mathematics and, and physics for his, uh, for his bachelor's graduated there and decided to go to, to law school, um, uh, which, which, you know, he finished in 2005 and was selected by the Los Angeles County, uh, to, to be a part of the public defenders team. Um, but throughout, throughout this whole, this whole time, I mean, as, as, uh, I've been able to meet a lot of his new friends or I've been able to meet a lot of his friends, uh, through this, this ordeal. Um, I, I realized that how much he has been there for a lot of people, uh, dedicated time to help, uh, others that are in need, uh, off the clock, you know, friends, families, um, you know, he would help out my daughter with math tutor, tutoring, um, and, uh, he, he's very passionate on, on helping and, and he's, 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 he's the type of person that will drop, drop what he's doing to, to help you out if you, if you ever need, um, that's the type of person he is. Um, you know, he, he's been, he was part of the, um, the, the, the union for public defenders. I think he was on the board. Um, he was, he was heavily involved with like community, um, activism, uh, juvenile detention centers, helping out people who are, are desperately in need. Definitely sounds like a great guy. Um, and you mentioned the salsa dancing. Yeah. So he's a competitive salsa dancer. So, and that explains why he's in uh, fit condition. Um, when was the last time you spoke to your brother and how is he doing now? Um, you know, it's, it's been, uh, several days now since I spoke to him. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's it, it, the conversations sometimes become repetitive. You know, um, you know, I love you, I, I miss you, and stay strong. Um, everything's gonna be all right. I'm I'm doing everything I can to to bring you home. Um, you know, he said he understands. He um, he tells me he's strong. You know, he's he's saying he's fine, but. You know, there's some times where I can hear his voice weakening and, you know, just despair in his mind. Just there's the uncertainty of how long this is going to take is, is sometimes what, what gets to all of us, you know, especially him. He's the one that's suffering the most. I think that's the hardest part. This is obviously a very traumatic time for all of you and not just Avon. Um, how have you and the rest of your family been coping with this trauma? You know, um, there's some good days and, and, and or better days and, and, and bad days. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a, a strong unit um, at the house. You know, we, we constantly um, support each other and, a lot of his friends and, and colleagues who, who are really uh, helping me, you know, get get through this. You know, it's 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 overwhelming. Um, 
you know, I, I think as long as we get to hear his voice and, and as long as he gets to call is, 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 is what keeps us pushing. Um, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no other, there's nothing else to do, but to, to focus on him and bringing him home. I say this to many of the former hostages, um, tough times don't last tough people do. And I mean, a lot of the families, like the Sigo Six families, they said in the meantime, they, I mean, while they were going through this tremendous ordeal, they found solace in religion. Uh, some of them went to therapy. Have you guys been doing something similar? Yeah. So, um, uh, my, my mother, she's, uh, she's a Christian and she's, she's just constantly praying. Um, she's done fasting. Uh, my brother, my dad has, you know, continued to go to church. Um, and he does his prayers. We light candles. I myself, uh, you know, I've done several things. Uh, I've been, I've done my fasting as well. I try to get into some exercise to, you know, get my brain and my, my body flowing, but it is sometimes it's hard to, to even concentrate on that. Um, you know, cause there's so much to do, uh, so, so many things to do, but, um, you know, just making sure, you know, I have my kids and, and, you know, making sure that I'm here for them as well. Uh, that, that balance is important. My wife, you know, she supports me tremendously and, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I'm glad to be surrounded by, by people who, who, who give me that support. Making sure you yourself are healthy is very important. In order to be the best advocate for your brother, you need to be strong and you need to be healthy because this is not going to be a race or a short sprint. It's going to be a marathon. So you need to take care of yourself as well. Um, and I know it's easier said than done. But obviously keeping yourself healthy, exercising is a very good way of coping um what should the venezuelan government do um wow that's uh i mean i i, I think the obvious answer is re release release my brother um you know i think i i know that they're aware that you know he's no no spy and there's plenty of evidence to to show that he's uh he's a, an immigrant from el salvador you know did, did did what he had to do go to school and 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 serves the the community serves serve, serves the, the 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 public um you know he's he he's he's been there seven months now and um you know just just let him go just let him go what should the u.s government be doing better you know there's um it they they've had uh the the most recent um americans that have been released from venezuela seven is is something that 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 gave me more hope you know there's there's a uh, engagement between the two nations um and i i i hope they're doing what they say they're going to do behind the scenes um i think they need to be more vocal about uh, what's going on, more transparent, um, and and I guess move move with a more sense of urgency. Um, I think 
there are other things that that could be pushed to the side and and focus on the uh, innocent Americans that that are being held hostage, not just in Venezuela but all around all around the globe. Yeah. So for the benefit of our listeners, last month on the first of October, seven Americans who were wrongfully detained in Venezuela were freed in a prisoner swap between the U.S. and Venezuela. This included Jose Pereira, Tomio Vidal, Jorge Toledo, Alirio Zambrano, Jose Luis Zambrano, Matthew Heath, and Osman Khan. We interviewed Jose Pereira on our last episode, and we are very happy that Jose and the other Americans were freed and now back home with their families. Even was unfortunately left behind. Now, I know you just mentioned that it did give you hope that it is possible to bring Americans home that were held hostage, uh, wrongfully detained in Venezuela. So even though he was detained in March, he was only recently classified by the US State Department as being wrongfully detained. What are your thoughts on the delay here? And do you think if the US State Department classified Avin as wrongfully detained sooner, he will be back home with his family right now? Yes, um, that was a, a bittersweet moment. Um, as I as I was reading the the news um, word for word, I I seen seven Americans released from Venezuela, and and I'm reading the names. You know, I and, and I seen he wasn't on there, and it was it was heartbreaking, you know, but. But again, like I said, I am so happy for the families. I'm so happy for the Americans who, who are back. But uh, it was a, a a punch in the gut and um, definitely hard to swallow. And and do I think had he been de- declared wrongfully detained uh, sooner, would he have been on that plane? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know. I want to believe so, you know. Um, but I, I can't, I can't, I, I mean, I want to believe so. I, I think, uh, the process of, of declaring, um, a person wrongfully detained is, is, uh, unclear. Um, I know there's the Levingston Act, which has about 11 criterias, uh, to, to classify a, a wrongfully detained person, but, um, what 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 does that look like? I mean, who who do we talk to, right? To to see what steps they are on. You know, there's 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 that disconnection that exists in, in that in that stage. And why can't there be a dialogue between the government and families who are who are going through these stages? Um, you know, why 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 is there a, uh, there's no set time to to this determination process um as you know um biden had the executive order july 19th um because this is happening far too often and um uh with that said i mean like there should be a clearer picture on what the process looks like no i absolutely agree with you um president biden issued this executive order and declared um this a national emergency because there were there are too many Americans currently held hostage and wrongfully detained abroad. So President Biden declared this a national emergency. And the executive order 
give the government power to penalize the countries that are taking Americans hostage or wrongfully detaining them. And uh, in terms of the criteria within the Levinson Act, it's good to have this criteria. So I understand the delays and frustrations with uh, the process in the United States. But as someone living in Britain, you guys have it better. I mean, not necessarily all the countries. And I know that it's not comforting, but we, like in the UK, many of us who have been advocating for uh, British citizens held hostage overseas or wrongfully detained, are lobbying the government to create our version of the Levinson Act, our version of the US Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs. And I know the folks in Australia are doing the exact same thing. So having this Levinson Act with this criteria in Section 2, Subsection A, that list, this is what that you use to classify an American as wrongfully detained abroad. I mean, these are the criteria you need to meet. Having that is obviously a good thing. But I think the issue I've seen with the US is there has to be a time limit for them to make the decision. And and that's that's what's missing here. So I don't doubt the intentions of the State Department and the SPR team. I've spoken to some of them. They're great people. And it, and, and I mean, they work very hard to bring Americans home. Uh, every family I've interviewed has nothing but positive things to say about the special presidential envoy for hostage affairs and his team. But I think there's, there's still room for improvement. There needs to be a timeline. They need to make this decision within like, you know, maybe two months, three months. It can't go on. They are very quick with Brittany Griner and uh, they were absolutely right. Uh, she needs to come home. But it seems right now that if you want your loved one to be classified wrongfully detained as wrongfully detained, if they meet the criteria, you need to go to the public, get the media to cover your case and pile on the public pressure. Journalists and news outlets can play a huge role in putting pressure on the government to act faster. So from your perspective, what can journalists and news outlets do to help your campaign to bring your brother home? I mean, this is a very um, unfortunate uh, situation for uh, the American hostages and detained and the families that are, are, are going through it. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you say it's never going to happen to me. We're never going to go through something like this. And um, here we are. And so um, that, that, that lets the journalists to put themselves in, in, in that situation where, you know, these families are, are in desperate uh, situation and, and we need our voices heard. Um, and, and I think we rely on the journalists and the media so much in order to get traction uh, in order to get our voices heard, and um, I think it's, it's 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 like you mentioned, it's clear. Um, you know, without without public awareness, um, you know, this these cases can easily be put in the back burner. You're absolutely right. Um, I say this to many people: hostage diplomacy doesn't happen to everyone, but it can happen to anyone, and it can happen to journalists too. Uh, American journalist Jason Rezaian was uh, held hostage in Iran for 544 days. 
Um, currently, Australian journalist Cheng Lei uh, has been wrongfully detained in China for two years so far. So this happens to journalists as well. Now, Henry, what can the public do to help bring Avon home? I mean, definitely um, follow us on um, uh, Instagram at uh, Bring Avon Home. Um, we have a Twitter, Bring Avon Home, Facebook page, Bring Avon Home. Uh, there's a GoFundMe, Liberty and Justice for Avon. Um, there's a petition at change.org. Uh, please sign, please share, and, um, you know, follow the case. Uh, you know, any, any updates we, we posted, um, so you can follow the case and, and see what, uh, where we're at and, and how you guys can help. Uh, we'll be going to DC November 15th through the 17th. Uh, we'll be, um, attempting to talk to all as much as elected officials as possible and see if we can get their support, um, in efforts to bring, bring Avon home. Uh, we're hoping to do a press conference, uh, on the 16th between 8 a.m. and 9. And, um, you know, we'll post that as well, a little bit more information. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just be aware of, of the situation and spread, spread awareness to globally, um, about countries that, that are, you know, doing these type of, uh, activities. You also have a website. Um, the URL is bringavenhome.org, right? So if you go to that website, it has the links for all your uh, social media accounts. Um, I think it has the petition, link to the petition as well. It also has lots of uh, information on Avin. Uh, when I was doing research for this episode, I went to that website and I, most of the information I got was from that website. So it's bringavenhome.org. Now, for our listeners who... Let's say they don't have the time to go to your website or check your social media channels. But if they come across their local representatives, their congressmen, their senators, their governors, or even if they come across White House stuff, they're probably going to have, what, maybe five seconds to say something and to be heard. What are the key points you would want them to say about Avon? Oh, man, that's... It's a hard question. Um, you know, you have a, a government employed who's held hostage in Venezuela. What are you going to do about it? Um, it had this be one of your family members. How would you react? Um, please support the cause and bring him home. That's good. Um, now we're almost at the end of our interview. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? I mean, I think, uh, sometimes including myself, um, you know, listeners uh, often think, uh, you know, my involvement is not really going to do much. Um, you know, as, as a listener, um, please get involved. Uh, your your engagement actually makes a difference. And um, uh, just like voting, so I'm sure you go vote. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, just being engaged and, and, and supporting, sharing, retweeting, um, that I think that helps more than, than we often think. Absolutely. Um, now, Henry, I said this at the beginning of this episode and I'll say it again. We're so sorry for what you and Avin are going through and we'll be right here campaigning by your side until Avin comes home. 
Thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pod Hostage Diplomacy. Thank you for giving your time and for showing these families that they're not alone, that there are good, caring people out there willing to stand by their side and help in any way possible. Because、um, if enough people care, then the right people will care enough.、Um, this is a basic、um, rule of thumb that is true for all campaigning. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter called The Hostage Briefing. It's the best way to keep up to date with the cases we're working on, as well as new episodes. You can subscribe to this newsletter using the link in the description of this podcast episode that you're currently listening to. Thanks again, and take care.